of God. And um, the title for this year, for this month, is uh, Extraordinary God. It was predetermined by Pastor Stephen. And um, today is actually my first sermon for the year, uh, trying to bring up to you what God has placed in my heart, how to be extraordinary for God. Extraordinary God. How many of you believe that God has a plan for you? Raise up your hand. Has a plan. Believe you, believe it has a plan for you. And not just a plan, but an extraordinary plan that become viral stories among the angels. Wow. Not because I'm Chinese. It's because I'm a believer. Okay? And I'm going to give you the verse. Um, it become viral among the angels. Okay? Ephesians chapter, chapter 3, verse 9 to 10 is the message Bible. And so here I am, Paul said, preaching and writing about things that are way over my head. The, the inexhaustible riches and generosity of Christ. My task, my job is to bring out in the open and make plain what God, who created all this in the first place, has been doing in secret and behind the scenes all along. True followers of Jesus, just like yourself, gather in the church just like now. The, this extraordinary plan of God is becoming known and talked about even among the angels. God has an extraordinary plan of God, and it becomes pharaohs among the angels that, wow, the plan of God for you and me, it's so significant, so extraordinary, amazing, even the angels talks about it. And there's one person above all any other person in this entire world who desire to see us having an extraordinary life, and he planned it from the very beginning. His name is Jesus. Amen? And nothing will please him more than saying us to reach our full potential, to live our life to the full. God desire more than you desire yourself. To live your life to the full. How many of you know the meaning of extraordinary? If you probably pay attention for this for the past two months, extraordinary means beyond the usual, exceptional, amazing, unimaginable. How many of you know Adam, the first man created by God in the Garden of Eden, he did the extraordinary things. Do you know what's that? He named more than a million, 1.2 billion species of animal in the entire world. And that is the extraordinary task he had to perform. Not only Adam has the capability, he has the creativity. Not only that, he has the capacity to remember all those names. So I was like joking in the first, in the first service. Sometimes I, re I don't remember some of, your, some of your name, okay? So what I do is uh, I give you the tricks. I will just call you, hey bro, what's up? So that's a sign I don't remember your name. But God, but Adam, sorry, could remember all the names of the animals. He has the capacity to do it. That is an extraordinary test, power, ability that, God, that Adam had. So, but it's not stopping there. The plan of God, the extraordinary plan of God for Adam 
not just to name the animal, that will be lame. All right? It's just to rule not only animals, but entire things that God has trusted to Adam and Eve in the garden. And it's the same thing you will ask, probably you will ask, okay, they did an amazing things, but you will ask that Adam fell to sin, right? Adam fell to sin and lost all the abilities due to his disobedience. Yes, but Jesus did the reverse. Jesus has restored it, restored our life and power to rule. Let me give you the first Romans 5 verse 18. Romans 5 verse 18, the message Bible says, here, is, here it is in a nutshell, just as one person did it wrong, Adam, God has in all this trouble with sin and death, another person, who did it? Jesus. Another person did it right and got us out of it. But more than just getting us out of trouble, He get us into life. Everybody say life. Life. The word life is not referring to life in heaven, but here on earth. The word life is not just an ordinary life where you just, you breathe in, you breathe out, that's it, and you go to heaven. No. It's breathe in, breathe up more than that. Okay, the word of life Taken from the word Zoe, Z-O-E. Everybody say Zoe. Zoe. Which means, it's a God kind of life. God kind of life. This, this will define what I call an extraordinary life. It's because of Jesus, we got what we call Zoe life. A God kind of life. An extraordinary life. Come on, touch to three person. Say it. Be extra. <laughs> be extra and live extra. Come on. God not only had an extraordinary plan. He's not just had a plan. Everyone can plan. You can plan. But God did not only have an, an extraordinary plan. He also, everybody say, equips. Equips, yes. He also equips us to live an extraordinary life. Now, this is what I want to bring it to you this morning. How did God, how does God equip us to live this new life, an extraordinary life, the Zoe life? The first one, how many of you ready for the Word of God? Amen. The first one, God equipped us with the love of God. Everybody say the love of God. Come on, say it to your heart and say this. Oh God, thank you for loving me. How many of you know, there are so many of you, many people know that God loves them. Okay, let me repeat it. Many people know that God loves them, but not everyone believes that God loves him. There is a difference by knowing, there is a difference between knowing and believing. I can, I can tell to my wife, hey, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love, love you. But if she doesn't believe me, it will not make any difference to you, to me. It won't make any difference to our relationship. God can tell you, even the, even the devil knows that God is good. You will know, you can know, you can, all, you can have all this knowledge that God loves the people. God, oh God, died on the cross just to, to save us. But not everyone believes that God died for him, for herself, for her, for him or for her. 
a lot of people will believe that God loves you. You, you and you, but not me. That person, that person cannot even forgive himself for the sin that God has already forgiven. How many of you know there are person that um, maybe your friend who, 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 who cannot forgive himself, cannot forgive herself for the things that he did in the past. God already forgave him, but he himself cannot forgive himself for the past mistake that he did in his life. That is why the love of God is so important, to know the love of God. This is what Paul prayed for all of us. Paul prayed not for unbelievers, but prayed for believers. This is what he prayed. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17. This is what Paul prayed. I pray that you being rooted and established in, in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, long, how high and deep the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. When you know God loves you, you will be filled to the fullness of God. How can we live our lives to the full if we are not filled to the fullness of God? Let me repeat it again. How can we live? We cannot live our lives to the full, to the full potential of our life if we are not filled with the fullness of God. And Paul said the answer is being rooted and established in love, knowing how much God loves me. Pointed directly to me. Not to you, 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 but to me. Many people believe God loves everyone, loves people, loves church, but when pointing personally to himself, I don't think so. How many of you, when you were a kid, you broke things at home and you made a big mistake, you tried to hide it from your parents? How many of you? One, two, three, no? Everyone are so, so holy, no? You try to hide it from your friend. My kid always like, oh, don't tell mommy. Don't tell my mom. Don't tell mom. I don't know which one. Okay? You know, we try to hide things from our parents because we're scared that our parents will get mad. You know, when I was a boy, I broke a very an art, a beautiful art piece in the house. I thought I, I, I tried to fix it myself. I tried to glue it so that my mom will not get, get mad with me. So I tried to fix it, I glue it, I put it back. So I thought I was, oh, lucky, and my mom didn't know for years. Only like after years and years, my mom like joking, I know you broke it, right? Oops, okay. The things that you didn't realize, oh, you, you think that, oh, Robbie was maybe good enough, was good enough to just fix things. So his mom not realizing for years. No, the truth is my mom knew it only a few days after I broke things up, after I broke that piece. But the issue, the price that I got to pay for days, for years, was living with worries, was living with fears. Oh, my mom will find out and I get spanked. My mom will find out and uh, that's it. So every time my mom called me, Robbie! Oops, that's it. Okay. I got to 
face my mom and actually, Robbie, go and eat. Robbie, God, I got this something for you. But I was like living in fear, with worries. The same thing when we do things, we make mistakes. Instead of going to our heavenly fathers, we try to hide it from God. Instead of going to the one who can make our mess, who can fix our mess, we're getting further away from God, from the one who can make it fix. But God know it all along. He's the one who can fix the mess. There was a physical, psychological studies about children. I'm going to share it to you. I read this, um, what do you call, uh, a report about children who feel that they are loved and valued at a young age by their parents. A study about children who feel that they are loved and valued at a young age by their parents, comparing, compared to those who don't. Okay? Those who know that they are loved and valued at a young age, meaning the parents always say, Oh, Jethro, you're so handsome. Jethro, I love you. Jethro, Jordan, I love you so much. Every day I told them. You can check with them. Okay? Oh, you are so handsome. You are so beautiful. They are smart. They are talented. Those parents who always say these things, they are told they can do anything. You can dream big and so on and so forth. The impact to their real life is that they have the ability to step up to, step up to try new things. They have the courage to take a risk and do something in real life when they grow up. They can get out of the struggle easier. They are able to adapt to any situation easier. Okay? They are able to problem solve the hard situation. The same thing when we are not aware of God's love. The same thing when we are not able, we are not able to step up and have faith and doing something new. We are not able to like problem solve. We are too scared. If I make mistake, God's going to beat me. There are so many people in the house, in the church, even inside or outside the church, Scared to start a new relationship because the last time they made a relationship, they fell big time. Scared to start a business because failed before. Until we understand the revelation in our heart that God loves us, we are living in fear and live a mediocre life. But if we understand how wide and long, high and deep the love of God is for us, we will start to recognize the plan of God. It's the same like my story. The moment I realized that my mom is not there to beat me up, I tried to realize every time my mom calls me, oh, this is the food for you. But because I didn't realize it, I'm so scared, I made mistakes before. Every time my mom calls me, oh, that's it. Judgment seat is here. It's the same thing. The moment we understand and grab this truth, God is not there to beat me when we fall. God is there to catch me when I fall. We will change our mind. We open up to see the plan of God, the extraordinary plan of God. Now, oh, now you start to see, oh, actually I can do this. I can step by faith and God is there for me. Why should I be afraid? God equip us with the love of God. The second part, the second point. God equip us with the grace of God. Everybody say grace. His grace 
empower us. How many of you that grace is not just a forgiveness of sin? Grace is the divine, everybody say, empowerment. It's the divine empowerment of God to live a new life. It's the empowerment of God for us to live a new life. Why we need the empowerment of God? Because to live a Christian life is not difficult, it's impossible. Let me say it again to you. You come to church to live a Christian life, it's not difficult, it's impossible. That is why we need a God-given ability to live this new life, this joy life, this extraordinary life. By your own ability, you won't be able to do it. You won't be able to pull it off. Let me give you an illustration and question. How many of you know which one is more difficult to live a life in the Old Testament with the law or to live a life under the covenant of grace in the New Testament? How many of you know which one is more difficult? The Old Testament life or the New Testament life? Uh, can I have some answers from, his, from this part? Which one is more difficult, the old or the new one? Okay, the new because you were there in the first service. How many of you believe? How many of you know which one is more difficult to live? The Old Testament with all the laws or the New Testament with just two commandments that Jesus said? Love God and love your people. Which one is more difficult? The old one. Okay, let me just new. Alright, let me just give you so that it opens your, 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 your mind. Alright? Under the Old Testament, if someone wants to commit murder, he needs a knife. Alright? He needs a gun. What else you need to commit murder? Huh? Gun? What else? Swords. A bomb, yeah? Okay? Under the new covenant of grace that says, whoever hates his brother committed murder. Just by hating Danny, oh my God, I'll be in trouble. And I was like, a murderer? Under the Old Testament, if someone want to commit adultery, you have to get a room. And all this. Under the new covenant of grace, what you need, just an indecent thoughts. You want it. Simple to say, under the law, you have to do it. You have to really do it. Okay, Under the covenant of grace, all you have to do is want to do it. You see a difference? So, let me ask you again. Which one is more difficult? The old or the new? The new. So, it's impossible to live this new life only with God's given ability by grace of God empower us to live it. If grace only covers the forgiveness of sin, then the first that say Jesus need to grow in grace it will not make sense. Let me give you the first. Luke chapter 2 verse 40. The child Jesus grew more powerful in grace for, for he was being filled with wisdom and the favor of God was upon him. Why would, the question is, why would Jesus need to grow in grace? Because if grace is only forgiveness of sin, Jesus do not need forgiveness of sin. Jesus never committed a sin. Why would Jesus need to grow in grace? Because grace is more than just forgiveness of sin. Grace is the empowerment 
for Jesus to walk. He still need the empowerment of. That's why he pray. Grace empower us. It is the grace of God empower us to live a new life. Hebrew chapter eleven, chapter twelve, verse twenty eight. So, I just want to throw some of the verses that it is the grace of God empowers the believers. Right? Hebrew chapter twelve, verse twenty eight. Since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, meaning you already have grace. You are a believer. You already receive a kingdom. Since we are receive a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably. We receive grace not to just oh go to heaven. We still need the grace to serve God to live. Titus chapter two verse twelve. For the grace of God teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passion. And to live self-control, upright, and godly lives in the present age. A survey found in the Christian American, uh, in the church, only 20% understood or give the answers that grace is the empowerment of God. The rest of them mentioned that the grace is all oh, the love of God, the unconditional love of God, the forgiveness of sin. Yes, it's true, but it's not. It's not wrong, but miss the important function for grace itself. Right. Why would God deliver us from sin but didn't give us the power that entangled us in the first place? What would Jesus deliver you from sin but it doesn't give you the power when you face that sin again? God deliver us from sin and give us the power. It's the same grace that deliver you. It is the same grace that gives us the power. Amen. I'll show you some more. There's a direct connection between grace and power. There's a connection between great grace and great power. Act, first, Act chapter 4, verse 33. With great power, everybody say great power, this apostle, okay, all the believers, just that happened, this apostle say, uh, this verse says the apostle. With great power, the apostle gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. So there is a reason why they had great power. Because there was great grace. Second Corinthians 12. My grace is sufficient for you for my, what is it, church? Power. It's made perfect. Whenever there is a sufficient of grace, there is great power. It's perfect. There is a perfect power. Romans 5, verse 12, 17. Right? Just now in the beginning I said, Adam lost it, but Jesus restored it. This is the verse. For if by the trespass of the one man, death reigned through the one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of? God's provision of grace and the gift of the righteousness reign or another translation, rule in life. This is the same commandment that God gave to Adam, rule and have dominion. Rule through the one man, Jesus Christ. God not only restored the position, our position with God, God restored the potential to rule. God restored the power to rule. 
Okay, amen. I'm going to give you like an application. Okay, if let's say we already have this love of God, the grace of God that empower us, what has, what, is there anything to do with our ordinary life? Is there anything to do with our job, our mundane that we like to drag every Monday morning? To live an extraordinary life is not to leave the ordinary job that you have. It's not to leave it. But to bring the extra me. Everybody say extra me. To bring, not to leave, but to bring the extra me. To bring the better me into the job in our hands. What about this? It's not to leave our ordinary job, but to bring in extra passion to your job. To bring extra effort to your job. Extra sense of responsibility to what God has placed in your hand. Why? Because we have faith that the small thing in our hand will, with, with, with faith, God will bring it to the next big things in your life. It's always connected. Isn't that what Moses done when he received the higher calling from God to deliver the nation? He was what? He was He was standing the flocks. Moses was not looking for the burning bush. He was not looking for the burning bush. He was standing the flock. It was God who would find a way to show up to Moses. God will be busy to show up to us if you are busy and faithful with the things in our hands, just like Moses. Let me repeat it again. If we are busy with the things that God has trusted in us, God was, will be busy to show up and to show you the plan of God in our life. And we will just show up. Probably it's not burning bush. Might not be. I don't know. But God will show you. The power to live an extraordinary life. Okay, I'm going to skip this. The power to live an extraordinary life it's not tied to an occupation, but to a disposition of the heart. To a disposition, meaning it is it is it's what you believe. It's what you believe. How much we believe and have faith that access the power and the provision that God has in store. It's not be, it's not based on your occupation. So meaning, if let's say you are a student, there is a plan of God, an extraordinary plan of God. And you have the power to live an extraordinary life. If you are just a working mom, there is an extraordinary plan of, of God for you. And you have the power to live it out. Anyone, any occupation. But it is depending on how much you believe God has in store for you. Now I'm going to move to the second part of my message today. The second part of message, the first part is, oh, God equip us with the love of God, with the grace of God. The second part is, what is our goal in life that can be considered an extraordinary? You have the power and everything, but what is our job? What is our task? What is our goal in life as believers? This is our goal in life. Okay, before that, um, what is our goal in life? Some people say, if you are successful, can be considered an extraordinary. You are extraordinary. If you are rich, can be considered extraordinary. That's the worldview. You agree with me? Yep. If you are successful, that is an extraordinary. But it's not the case for God. 
how you become rich, how you become successful also matters to God. Whether you are doing it pleasing to God or not. So, the goal of a believer is not only to achieve, but how we achieve, whether it's pleasing to God or not. So, that is our goal. That's the second part of my message. This is the goal for believers. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So, believer, make it our goal to please Him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Everyone must appear. How many of you knows that God will judge us later on? Then you will like, oh, question, uh, Question, question. Isn't it God will not judge us? But how come say God will judge us? Question. Yes, God will not judge our sin, but God will judge your deeds, whether you do the right thing or not. Right? Listen to this. Just follow up with me, then you will try. You, you, will, you will get in clearer. We can't do one thing to make God love us anymore than He already has. Than He already loved us. Let me repeat it again. We cannot do one thing to make God love us anymore than what He already loved us. And the opposite, we cannot do anything to make Him love us any less. We agree with this? Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. Just nothing. But what we do with our lives determine whether we please God or not. What we do with our lives every day, it will determine whether it please God or not. So it is my statement, it is our responsibility. We are responsibility for how pleased God is with us. His pleasure is in us, is based on our choices in life. How God please with you, it depends on what you do. And Paul makes it very clear. Do you want to live our life on earth making a decision to just follow Jesus? Okay, I receive Jesus just to pass the fire, the flames of fire. Or in other words, just to pass the hell. Or we want to do great things for the Lord and there is a reward for every one of us. And the Lord say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy. Enter into the joy of your master. That is meaning, it's pleasing to God. Oh, we just want to use the grace of God, the love of God, oh, just to pass the hell. Or, we want to do something and make it pleasing to God. Make our life pleasing to God. 1 Corinthians 3, chapter 10, verse 15, I still have... 10 more minutes before we close. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 10 to 15. Alright? So, the title of this passage is The Foundation and Building. There's a foundation. How many of you, the foundation of our life is Jesus? Alright? It's Jesus. So, if let's say we place, we build our house on the right foundation on Jesus, we build it up. We are safe because we build it on Jesus, the right foundation. But the way we build that foundation, we build the building, it is up to us. Alright? With that, let's move on and read. 
by the grace of God has given me, Paul said, I laid a foundation as a wise builder. And someone else is building on it. But each of one, each one should build with care. So every one of us has to build our life with care. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone build on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stone, the gold, silver, and precious stone represent things of eternal value that will last. That is pleasing to God. Meaning, that is something that is good. Or, we will build this foundation, we build on this foundation using wood, hay, or straw. Represents as something that is temporary and won't last. Verse 13, their work will be shown for what it is because, because the day we bring it to light, it will be refilled with fire. And the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. Everyone will receive a reward. How many of you, there is a reward waiting for us? There is a reward. When Chilusi always like have a heart for the people and believers, there's a reward, Chilusi. Amen. So I want to encourage everyone. Our, our, our labor will not go in vain. If what has been built survived, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved. Even though only as one, escaping through the flame. Even though you just live your life anyhow, you will be still saved. Only just as one, escaping through the flames. That's what the Bible says. How you get to heaven is based on the love of God and the grace of God. You receive grace of God, you receive the love of God, you got to heaven. But our rewards are based on our performance of our good works. It's what we do. It's what we do. We are saved by grace for good works. For good works. Are we doing pleasing, anything pleasing to God or we just, do, we just take the grace of God as, as a, a big cover-up for our sin? And you can live anyhow. You get to heaven, but you will suffer loss. That's what the Bible says. That's why I want to encourage every one of you, when you come to church, be serious with our relationship with God. Because God will judge us, not for your sin. If you love Jesus, if you receive Jesus, God will not judge you for your sin, but He will judge you for what you do. From this moment onward, I want to make a commitment. I want to be serious with God. I want to be the person that is pleasing to God. So I want to close with the parable of Minas and the parable of talents. How many of you know this parable, these two parables? I bet everyone knows the parable of talents, right? But what about the parable of Minas? How many of you know the parable of Minas? Or the Bible said the parable of ten servants, the parable of the silver. I'm going to share it to you, then it will, it's going to bless you. Right? The parables of Minas. It's found in Luke for the parable of Minas and the parable of talents found in Matthew. Alright? So it's about the story that the master will go away and leave the business to the servants. The parable, these two parables are, have similarities but they convey different message. The parable of Minas, everyone is given the same number of Minas. So they are, everyone, 
one each. Everybody say one. Equal. Equal. So if Chilusi given one mina, one silver, Danny, I will give you one mina. Peter will give you one mina. Everyone is given, referring to, the mina is referring to the spiritual resources, the love of God, the grace of God. Everyone received the same thing, the love of God, the grace of God. No different. Okay, the person who has one mina met ten minas. Chilusi met ten minas. And the master will say to Chilusi, the master made him to be the person in charge of ten cities. And then another person who has one mina produced five minas. And the master made him to be the person in charge of five cities. Meaning, the convey the message, this passage is, what we do with the love of God, with the grace of God, will make us to be who we will become for Jesus. Who are you becoming for Jesus? Is the love of God changing you to be a better person? The grace of God empower you to live a new life? Really, the person that God wants you to be? Or just to be a cover-up? Every time you sin, ah, oh, the grace of God cover me. No problem. I can just do anything that I want. Which one? What you do with it determines what you produce in your life. The parable of talents represents everyone is given different talents. Jealousy is worship leaders. And Peter is uh, maybe a bit technical, different talents. Everyone, Pastor Stephen is preaching and pastoring. Kauntung is teaching and everything. Everyone has different talents. All right? The person who has five talents made another five talents. He has now ten talents now. The two talents made another two talents. This is saying, if you are faithful with the talent God has given you, God's going to bless you with more. This talent is representing what? It's telling us something. What we do with the talents, it will determine what we will do for Jesus. What are you doing the extraordinary things for God? Or are we hiding like the little girl? We just scared to make mistake. I, I don't want to do my talent. Can you can you share the next week about the goodness of God in cell group? Ah, not me, not me, not me. Are we the one who do not want to take a step of faith and start something new because we're scared to make mistake? Or we do something with our talents and with our minas? With the love of God and the abilities that God entrusted to you. Amen, church? So, the message, I just want to encourage every one of you. Not only we do extraordinary things, but we need to be changed, transformed to be a better person. The minas, the love of God and the grace of God is the power that can change us, the inside, to be the better person. God can place you anything in your hands, your business, your talents, your family. What are you doing with that things in your hands? Are we doing it right? Pleasing to God? Or we just ignore it? Or we despise it? The text says despise. It's just one. It's just one. Worth not much. Or you value it. Anything that is not... If you don't consider value, you will despise it. And God cannot use that through your life. Amen? Let's just stand up before the Lord and uh, we're going to close. Father, we thank you, Lord. 
thank you for the Lord. We thank you for, for the love of God for our life. We thank you for the grace of God. Father, we pray that today as we listen to your word, you can use any one of us. You can use ordinary men just like us to do the extraordinary, but how far God can use us, it will depend on what we do with the love of God in our heart. It's what depends on what we do with the talents and ability in our hands. Father, we do not want to hide what has been trusted in our hand. We want to use it. We want to be changed to the person that God wants you to be. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus. I just want to encourage everyone to and challenge everyone to just give a commitment to the Lord Jesus. One day, God will say to you, are you the one, the good and faithful servant or not? Are you faithful to the one thing that God has trusted you? To be faithful is not to be the same but to take a risk, to take a step of faith to multiply it. Father, we just want to pray right now. We just want to open our heart. Use us, O oh God, for your glory. Use us for your kingdom. Use us, O oh God, Jesus. Speak to us, O oh God. We do not want to waste our time. Probably we only have like 20, 30, 40 years to go. But I want to receive it, the word from you. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the message today. We just want to give up uh, our lives, the day of our lives to be pleasing to you. Monday to Friday, oh God, we want to live for you. We do not leave our ordinary job. We want to bring in a better commitment to our job, a better sense of responsibility to our job. Give us the strength. God, give us the grace. So we have the power to do it, okay? Let's just lift up both our hands and um, receive the blessing from the Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus. It is your grace that empower us, enable us, oh God, to do wonderful things in our lives. Not by our strength, but by your strength, oh God, Jesus. Let the love of God be our foundation to excel in our life, oh God. Let the grace of God through Jesus Christ empower us. We will not run away anymore, God. But we will depend on the grace of God that empower us to live a triumphant life. And the Holy Spirit that never leave us, you're always there to catch us when we fall. Not to beat us, but to catch us when we fall. This is the love of God. Be blessed in the mighty name of Jesus. Everybody says, Amen. God bless you. Happy Sunday. Hallelujah. Amen.